Hello, welcome to another installment of The Undefinable Qualities of Love This week our theme is When Words Aren't Enough Words Aren't Enough And what lies at the edges of words. How we can stretch them. As a way of conveying some of these undefinable qualities of love. Mm. So we have turned to the linguistic acrobatics of poets. That's right. We've been on the phone late at night reading all sorts of poetry to each other. We want to share just a couple of highlights with you now. But we'd invite you to go and investigate in your own time. Take some chances at your local library or bookstore. (laughs) Brew yourself a coffee. Like we have here and read them in full. Mm. Great coffee today, by the way. Thank you. So to kick things off, here's a special something that makes a playground of nouns, <laughs> stretching words to enable plurality, new ways of describing those description-evading things. By scholar, poet, African-American, woman, word maverick, Harriet Mullen. This poem is called Any Lit, it's from 2002. Any lit. Now, do you think that means literature of anything? A bit like englit means English literature. I think it could. Uh, Listeners, call up if you think otherwise. Let us know. The lines are always open. Talking of lines, (laughs) let's read some of our favourite ones. Sure. You are a ukulele beyond my microphone. You are a Eucharist. Beyond my Miles Davis. You are a Utah beyond my microcosm. You are a Uranus beyond my Miami. Did you know, by the way, that there's apparently a new pronunciation for Uranus to avoid little jokes? So, so what is it now? Uranus. Okay, so you are also the Uranus beyond my Miami. Thank you. Uh, Listeners, sometimes you hear something which makes you ring like a bell in harmony with it, but it may take a while to figure out, cognitively speaking, why. Here's another something that makes us ring softly like bells, Mm. a poem that disguises as a letter but really is a poem. But is equally still a letter. Audrey Audrey Lord's Lord's Letter letter for Jan. Jan. What do we say about Audrey Lord? If you don't know Audrey Lord, there's the rest of your week taken (laughs) care of. Shall I read? Oh, please. And I'll just do a little um, noodling under you on the guitar here. Please. We touch each other in secret places draw old signs and stories upon each other's back and proofread each other's ancient copy. Sometimes I feel like that's everything we're trying to do here. Proofread each other's ancient copy. What, with the undefinable qualities of love? Yes, with this, whatever this is we're doing here. So, listeners, these words, they are managing to express specific and beautiful ideas and emotions. Yes, yes, and and I like it when I recognise myself in them, these words. They resonate. But we can't escape the feeling that some feelings can't be fully expressed in the constructs and pitfalls of language. And so we turn to sound, in how sound conveys meaning when words can fall short. One example of this is melisma. 
Melisma, you say. Uh, are you getting technical on us? Yes. Well, as our listeners may know, melisma is the singing of a single syllable of text while moving between several different notes in succession. In plural, it's melismata. You may know it from Céline Dion crooning pour que tu m'aimes encore, growing up in the mountains of Beldonne, dancing your first ever slow dance at the École Romain-Roland annual ski trip school disco, wearing your special blue flannel shirt for the special disco. You may know it from Mariah Carey, belting vision of love into your big headphones, under the covers, studying the album cover, your first ever album with Mariah. Her long hair, her small dress, her power stance, folding your still-growing child yearning into her expansiveness. Melis matter. It's expressing emotion without the filter of the words. It allows a single word to hold so many more colours than it usually could. Sometimes it's not what you're saying, it's how you're saying it. I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> In the fruity haze of this heady literature, listeners, we've constructed our own ode and laid down these salty beats with shameless melismata for you. We're setting the desk lamps to the colour of tangled trees and vines and palm leaves on the forest undergrowth, dark emerald green. Feel free to slow dance, to get under the covers, to sing along. time we were together mm, You brought me coffee I knew then that we'd be forever That this was how it'd be For you and me It's the small ways of looking after each other
Oh, oh, we, we have a caller on line one. Listeners, I've just set the desk lamps back to a bright white and now I'm listening in. Hello. Why are we doing this? Uh, why are you putting on your guitar? We're in the middle of an episode. We could just go for coffee like normal people. But we're here making music, working at night, dressed like this, wearing identical mullet wigs, homemade t-shirts, and if the coffee is an excuse to hang out together, is this show a pretext to be together? But we're not just together. Does it matter that people out there are listening? Is one side of our relationship the need to show it to other people? So we've created a context where we explore our relationship in public. So are we performing our relationship? Or are there authentic pockets that happen here just for us? I feel yes. I feel yes too. But the line between the two is quite blurry. Our relationship exists in a less definable space. Regardless of what else is going on right now, we are actually having coffee together. We are having coffee together, working together. A relationship exists in the time and space you spend together. It used to be easy. We used to see each other all the time, in, in all these unplanned pockets of time, making a cafetiere for each other in the morning. Uh, hello, caller on line one. You seem to be back on the line, but uh, I, I didn't catch your name. They didn't give their name. Are you still there, mystery caller? Oh, they seem to have hung up, but it was a good call while it lasted. We love to hear what's going on with our listeners. We're all just trying to figure it out together. Remember when we used to do that thing with the egg yolks? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the thing, well, we'd seen it in the French circus. We'd seen those two other people do it and we, we wanted to have a go. Do you remember how it felt and what we could do with those egg yolks? I remember we had a certain amount of time before the egg yolk, uh, what would you say, exploded, collapsed. Burst? Yeah, and the, the game was well, about keeping it intact. Exactly. And we discovered one of the best ways for that, for the membrane around the yolk not to break, is to keep it moist. I think we used spit. Yes, spit and water. It was very warm that summer. But we need to backtrack. This is probably sounding a little abstract to our listeners. Let's go step by step. You'd start by gently cracking the egg and passing the yolk back and forth between the two halves of the shell to remove the egg white. You could save this to make meringue later. Blueberry pavlova. Lemon meringue pie. So you gently release the yolk onto the skin and it feels cooler than the outside air. Yes, and as it begins to move, it leaves a wet trail you don't notice at first. Yes, and where the trail dries on your skin, it can be gently crusty. As the egg moves, it's getting always a little drier. As it rolls along the forearm, I can remember feeling conscious of the hairs, as if each little hair was an obstacle, a threat.
carrot. To the egg yolk's integrity, absolutely. And the steeper the limb, the more likely the egg yolk is to move very fast. The surprisingly few horizontal parts of the body. And the faster it travels, the more likely it is for the very thin membrane to split. Because it just goes on a journey of its own. And then it gets overexcited, and then it can take just a tiny raised paw for it to burst. So the game is to pass the egg yolk in interesting journeys along the body, back and forth, between each other, for as long as possible, before it bursts. You need to create more horizontal surfaces. Where one shoulder meets the other's hip bone. You find yourself in new shapes. You can work together and help coach the egg yolk along its journey. The yolk itself feels like a little creature. It's a dance between the three of us, in fact. And the egg yolk has a life of its own. One where it's very hard to predict its speed or direction. It's as if it's going on a journey. Uh, You feel like it's trying to get somewhere rather than just follow the path of least resistance. And it's very surprising what least resistant looks like when you're an egg. And I can remember the yolk falling. Um, I think you were you were trying to arch your back and maybe it was it was falling down. Yes, and you were leant forwards and it was sliding down your back and so you were trying to arch your back so as to make more of a horizontal plane, but it was picking up speed and it dawned on us that it was going to splatter. And let me tell you, you don't want egg yolks to splatter on denim shorts. You don't want the egg yolk to burst, but at the same time, you sort of do because it has to for the game to end. It's the punchline. It's like you got into this mess in the first place and it was only ever going to end this way. And yet it's such a surprise when it does. Maybe the day will come when we can do that again. Work up the old routine. For now, listeners, let's stick to making omelettes and making meringues. And we'll be back next week. Good night, listeners. We've been. Qualities of love. And you've been doing just what you choose to do.